Welcome to another action-packed edition of the almost of the Amigos of ARG Presents. <laughs> no. I'm Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who proved just now there could be only one. I give you the Brent. Hey, how's it going, man? Thank God there's only one of you. Sword my, M5. I'm, the, I'm pumped. I can tell. You were trying to gut me with one just now. So, last week, we spun the wheel. We made the deal, yes. Brent. And in an exciting turn, this week... We'll be taking a look at the Japanese sensation. Well, not really. <laughs> it's the Sword M5, everyone. The personal home computer. The Sword yes. M5. Now, before we dive into the M5, we have dipped our toe in the M5 pool at one point. Ting. And do you remember who it was that suggested this for the Amigathon? Uh, it's probably written on the piece there. It sure is. Do you uh, want me to retrieve that piece and yeah, find out? Yeah, so, well, see, I caught him off guard. <laughs> This game, or this uh, system, was suggested by a listener for our Amiga, for our, I did it again, for our ARG Thanks for Giving Marathon. Listen, it's all Amigos all the time. It's amazing <laughs> you can crash and burn so quickly. Oh, man. Uh, Anthony Jarvis. Anthony Jarvis, there it is, our good buddy, suggested this one. And so Brent, in his infinite wisdom, thought, hey, I'm going to stick these back on the wheel so we can have a full, complete look at them. And lo and behold, it was it, it, it came to pass. It, and it's worthy. It is worthy oh, of think, a wheel piece. You think it's worthy? Oh, I, yes. Okay, all right. All right so, oh, yes. So I ask you this every week, and I know you know a little bit about it because we did have a look at it, but what, did you, what do you know? What was your uh, knowledge going on the old sword uh, computer? It <clears throat> is painfully unrepresented online. It's, it has no dedicated emulator that's worth a darn. It has. I tried some of the dedicated ones. <clears throat> they're horrible. They old. Yeah, they're horrible. <laughs> they old. It has very little information about it. Uh, I, this is a community that needs to grow. This needs to grow. It's well, good enough to grow. It, it maybe. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and kill the, the sword. And by the way, we are going to be looking at the sword M5, which is sort of the. The crown jewel of the yeah, oh, yeah, it's the it's the it wasn't one. The, it wasn't the last one. No, but it was. Uh, I would assume the the big dog of the sword of the sword empire seemed it. So, <clears throat> pardon me. Let's take a look at this uh, at this bad boy, uh, Branster. Uh, released by the Sword Computer Corporation, and who else? And developed by them as well. Released in November 1982 at an introductory price of forty nine thousand eight hundred yen, dude. In American good old USA cash greenbacks. That's, that's some money. That's four hundred fifty bucks, and in today's uh, wad, it's twelve hundred bucks. I think four fifty <clears> for this computer back in the day would have been a steal. Not bad. A I, steal. Yeah, not bad. Uh, this thing, uh, the operating system on this, get this basic F, basic G, basic I. It's got the the basic brothers yep. there. You had a, a CPU that was the old. Once again, here it comes marching this thing out. The old Zilog Z80A at three point five eight. Megahertz, yeah, not too bad, man. Yeah, they ran it. Uh, it had a uh, six octave ch uh, uh, sound. Three oh, the sound on this was incredible. Three channels and a noise channel. Now get this: the RAM. This is all you need, man. Twenty K. Uh, uh, it, it works. <laughs> and then you got, uh, of course, you got the ROMs that built in there. It had TV out. It had yep. video out. Pretty good. Uh, and of course, it had a, a cassette recorder connector as well. So let's talk a bit about how this computer came to pass. So get this. <clears throat> um, it was this the Sword Computer Systems Corporation was founded in guess you're gonna love this, April fifteenth of nineteen seventy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Founded by a guy named 
Takayoshi Shina and his mom. They, awesome. They were the runs running this sucker. And it, and now, this is what's truly amazing. And again, I never knew any of this. In its first 10 years, it became one of Japan's fastest-growing firms. It claimed it was the fastest. And it, it, what it was doing was selling microcomputers uh, in homes. That's what it was. And this, this is the 70s. So you can imagine what you were getting back in them days. Uh, Sheena also uh, mentioned in an interview in 79 that SWORD stood for software and hardware. <laughs> so no. they took the SO out of software and the RD and hardware, and that's how they got it. Um, <clears throat> we're going to pretend that wasn't it. This thing uh, had a, uh, a cartridge slot and a, it had a pair of controllers. Let's, let's, first of all, let's take a look at the machine itself. So here's your, here's your uh, M5. It's a decent-looking little machine. Yep. Tell, tell the people what we don't got on the old M5. Well, <clears throat> it, it it has one of those rubberized keyboards, sort of like the uh, ZX Spectrum. Yeah, they're no good. But what? Well, <clears throat> they're no. Come on. I have heard that this is better than the ZX Spectrum. Uh, it, it's, what? It is <clears throat> no keyboard. Oh, okay. It it, it uh, has died. the more the most responsive garbage keyboard there is. Yeah. However, they didn't put a space bar on it. It's a space... Not important in Japan. It's a space <laughs> shift key. It is literally where the shift key would be, and it's smaller than a shift key. If you look at that keyboard, as we're, if you're watching the video version of this, and this just looks like you're standing on a standard wedge computer. If you look at this thing, they had room for a ton of keys. You can't oh, put a... Oh, yeah. It's unusual. It, it's Apparently, this isn't the only computer that did this, but it's I, a, a strange one. I, it is, I cannot imagine trying to do any kind of programming or typing on this thing. No. I mean, first you've got to battle a rubber, the rubberized keyboard thing. That's a down thing right there. Yeah. But then having the use your pinky for space, that is, I don't, why? Why do that? If anyone knows why that is a thing, please let us In know. In Japan, they just don't leave any spaces. Just keep on trucking. So you got that. Now, Let's. this also came with a couple of joysticks, and I'm using that in the air quotes. So these guys, they said, you know, we've seen what's happening in, uh, in the U.S. You know, because this 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 thing came out in '82. What was all the rage in '82? Idiot garbage pads, right? Am I wrong? Well, they were all the rage, and and so Sword looked at what Coleco did, and looked at what Intellivision did, and they said, too complicated, too too much too going many, on, too many buttons, and lo, it came to pass the <laughs> Sword M5. Game, uh, uh, hmm, circle thing. <laughs> they <laughs> took the absolute worst of the Intellivision and said, okay, we're going to keep this little disc pad movie thing, <laughs> yeah. but all these buttons and functions, get those out of here. We don't need them. No, nah, no. Nah, One over, button. No overlays. And let's put it somewhere weird. Yeah. How do you even hold this thing? For those, for, for those who, who haven't seen one of these things, imagine a, uh, Deck of cards, right? Because it's a little bit longer than a deck of cards. It's about the size of a deck of tarot cards. Tarot and, cards. And of they, all the things to say. Well, at the bottom section of the controller, you have the the disc pad circle thing, and then above it and to the left is the the one and only fire button. Yeah, it, absolutely horrible. Mustard yellow too. Well, just to seal the deal. So this controller. Uh, is quite a. I mean, I don't think a lot of games use the fire button. Let's just put, let's put that way. But it, I got a kick out of it. Do you think that you 
maybe I guess you like turn do it, it sideways or and shove it straight up the old yeah. I don't know, I, man. I, I, it, this was I'd have to hold. I mean, it looks durable. I, I mean, you know, but I mean, there you go. Well, and, yeah, it's going to be real durable because no one's ever going to use it. Listen, what is it with these disc-based joysticks? I, these are the worst, man. And, I don't know. And I love, I'll have this, I love the Intellivision, but if it's got an Achilles heel, and it does, it's that god-awful controller. Yeah. And it's because they break real easy, too, man, so it's a dud. And it's attached to the system. Yeah, yeah, well, on, yeah some of them are. So, anyway, this thing, uh, when, when this thing released, it did pretty well, so you know what that meant, okay? We've got to... it on down the line. You got that right. And so, hey, let's go, let's take this bad boy to the U.K., because any, it's anything goes in the UK computer market. <laughs> That's the truth. Everything, it's crazy time all the time. So in 83, they launched the M5 in the UK to positive reviews. Yeah, at, do you know what they the price was on that bad boy? It debuted at 199 pounds, and then it dropped to 150 pounds shortly thereafter. Yeah. That's cheap. They were selling it super cheap. Yeah, man. And uh, this thing, at the time, that when they released the M5, it only had, it had 4K of memory and no space bar, like as we mentioned. Not good. But it did okay. So uh, it, it sold in the United Kingdom uh, as the CGL M5. Okay? Yep. It was also popular. I love this. Remember last week we talked about the... the uh, Micro B. The B being popular in, like, was it Sweden? Sweden, yeah. This, this time around... Hey, listen, If you, everyone, the M5 was all the rage in Czechoslovakia. Why not? It was one of the first affordable computers they could buy over there. And so they, they bought the crap out of it. Um, so the sword was, the UK model was a little bit different. It was blue and gray. And the original Japanese one, which is, as you can tell here, was just dark the, gray. It was the, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> here's the sad thing. Now get this. So in 83... This thing was released, okay, and it was received fairly well, but here's the problem. It never rose higher than 15th place on the best-selling micros under 1,000 pounds. Wow. It was lower. Here's the list of what it was under, okay? It was under the Tandy color computer, the Tandy okay. color computer, but yeah, yeah but the yeah. Dragon's what sold yeah, it I understand. It was <laughs> under the Color Genie, and my personal favorite. That sounds this, like a wheel piece. This computer has the distinction of selling less numbers in the UK than the Mattel Aquarius. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you want to know about the Aquarius, look it up Holy on moly. That, I mean, the Aquarius is the absolute dirt worst. That's as low as cheap, low garbage. Unbelievable. But there you go. So, these things, uh, you know, they tried to sell them all over, actually. But, it, you know, it is what it is. They, di they didn't do great. And like I said, mo the majority of the games were, you know, well, pretty much it was cartridge or cassette. Yeah. As a stage, which I mean, pretty much everyone's used to that sort of thing, man. Um, let's talk about some of the games on this thing, Brent. It, uh, it, had, a, it had some It had games. quite a few games. Now, I, we've actually had the, we've actually got to play some of these games because we played this earlier. Yeah. If you'll recall, I believe we played... Uh, Super Cobra and uh, uh, Puyan yep. on this system, and they were and we they both really, we thought they were both really now, good. Puyan had its had its problems. Yeah, it, it had a, a few inaccuracies, but it ran well. It did, it did. I believe it had a nice little tune as well. All uh, the music yeah. on the system is incredible. I actually, we're looking at if you're watching our video, we're watching uh, some video clips of their various games, and I almost picked this boxing game if for any reason because it looked like they were two boxing women. And I thought that was interesting, but but it was it was not. I will say the games on this, 
they they have a uh, they look they're colorful. Yeah, you know the great they, colors. They've got good sound, like Brent said. The music is this thing can pump out the music. I mean, that's one place where it's got the spectrum dead to rights. It crushes. Oh, it kills the music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it uh, uh, and it and it has graphically. Better. I mean, it, it is similar. Uh, to, uh, it's it's in the. You know, uh, it, there's no really color clash or anything on it, but it looks pretty good. Now, the Spectrum uh, has a very unique pa- palette, yeah. and I think that this has a better palette. Um, but and there are, there is some color clash in this. Uh, yeah, at least I've seen it in my game. But I read, I read that there was some, but I, I, I didn't. My game, I looked seemed fine. Yeah, I didn't at all. It, it was very, it and was I, very, very low. I played. I tried a few other games before I picked the one I, I, I did, and I thought they were. I mean, this game, it's a playable system. It's absolutely. It's one thing. Uh, uh, listen, you can understand why this thing failed in, in the UK, and it did okay in Japan. You know, ironically. Uh, by the way, I should mention that. Uh, 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 Toshiba ended up acquiring Sword in eight, in eighty five, hmm. and it literally turned the Sword into its personal computer system corporation division. So Sword effectively became the computer arm of Toshiba. So it's not like Sword went out That's there and pretty sucked. awesome. It, it's not like they went out there and sucked and died. They went out there and got bought, and then basically spearheaded Toshiba's and Toshiba was like big player in personal computers and stuff. So. If you think about it, the sword played some role in that, maybe a really important role. Well, I, I think that, uh, I, I don't think anyone would ha- who owned a sword would be like, man, this is crap. Yeah. I just don't think a lot of people owned them. Yeah, and they really, even in Japan, it wasn't like a mega seller. Correct. You know? yeah. uh, but uh, people people did see the good side of it. And I, I will mention also that after uh, sword got purchased, by the way, in 85, they were purchased, so... That this was near the end of their run because remember they were around like since the seventies, mm-hmm. so they had a good run and uh, it, it finished strong enough to get up to get up you know bought out. And uh, Shima, Sheena ended up staying with Toshiba for a couple years after they got picked up, so he even worked for them, you know, yeah. in, in their computer doing. So it's I'd say this is a positive ending for Sword. Oh, get... absolutely. I mean, it sucks that they're not still around, but you know, the computer park. I, Back in the '80s, where everyone was throwing their hat in the ring, not yeah. everyone can be a winner. What I like about a, 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 a tale like this, first of all, I like the fact that this guy started this company with his mom. It makes me happy. Yeah, but this is the one thing that's different. I mean, obviously, this is an obvious statement, but you really did have it in Japan and the UK and America. It was the wild west of PCs, and really not. It's funny. Some of these computers come to America, and some of them don't. But America was the least wild westy of probably anybody. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, we didn't get a t- like we got some computers, but I mean it was pretty obvious what was going to go and what wasn't. You know, I mean even Australia had a more yeah. I mean it's, it's more interesting did. to me yeah. uh, than 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 what we what we've got. Speaking of Australia, by the way, this is slightly off topic, but and some people already heard this, but I'm looking through a computer magazine this week. You know, we just covered the Micro B, and we've covered Dick Smith System 80 and the Dick Smith Wizard. Super 80. And I found an article in a computer mag or a radio and electronics magazine from '85. Uh, in American magazine with a Dick Smith ad, and yeah. I never knew Dick Smith sold stuff in the states. And lo and behold, there they were. So uh, Dick Smith had a presence, at least in San Jose, California. Yeah, Big it Smith. had to be a West Coast, and thing. it was the classic Dick Smith crazy ad. Dick Smith's face everywhere. It just it's busy <laughs> as hell, you know. So, but we didn't get that kind of Dick Smith action. I mean, I guess the closest we came would be like maybe like a. A TI or something, but really, you don't even think about TI. They were a pretty big corporation. They're still yeah, they around. Were huge they here, exited, yeah. you know, so kind of neat. So anyway, we we did have a good time looking through the library of this to pick out a couple games. And I will, I'm not gonna lie, I waffled a couple times as to what I was gonna 
what I was going to end up picking on this thing because it was there was some good stuff, you know. Yeah. And I wanted to pick, but I wanted to pick something. This is one of those situations where am I? When am I going to be this way again? And so I had to go to one of my perennial favorites. I'm, I'm not going to lie, and so and I did. Yeah, and so, I know. Oh, listen, come on, don't sit there and bad mouth. Like, this is a good game, no, you know. No, it. I think it's an awesome game. So, I just think you uh, uh, did the Sword M5 a disservice. No, I did it a great service because I picked one of the best games for it. I'm going to start the show this week, despite your uh, grumblings, the big grumbler. And I picked Power Pack. Power Pack. Now, now tell the people what it really is. What it actually is is Super <laughs> Pac-Man. Yeah, but it's called Power Pack. That's on right. a few systems, and the sword was one of them. By the way, had you ever heard of this? They referred to as Power Pack. No, no, I haven't either. I thought that was I thought it was real freaking wacky. So, let's talk about Super Pac-Man for a minute. Super, Pac- Super Pac-Man. Now, listen. Yeah, I know. When I, we were young, Brent here was the biggest Pac-Man fan there was. I mean, you can't deny it. You freaking loved Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man in, in particular. You had you yeah. had Pac-Man bedspread, yeah. Pac-Man trash can, Pac-Man uh, like I had Pac-Man tray, the board game. Pac-Man board game. He, everything was Pac-Man. He was obsessed with Pac-Man. A little, he yeah. was a little punk, but he loved Pac-Man. I was never a big Pac-Man fan because I wasn't very good at it. No, and plus, there was so. no killing in there. I was no good at it. So, lo and behold. You know, they someone said, "Listen, let's make a Pac-Man that Aaron is into." And I may be the biggest fan of this game of all the times. Oh no, this is a really good game. It's not popular though, and so in 1982, uh, Namco put out, bam, Super Freaking Pac-Man. Yep. I love this game, uh, designed by Tor, uh, Toru Watani. This guy developed like it's he was the Pac-Man man. He did Pac-Man, Pac-Land, Pac-Mania. He also did Pole Positions 1 and 2. Did you know that? He, uh, he did QDQ, GB, and Libble Rabble. So a couple of those I've never heard of. The music on this was composed uh, not by another famous guy, Nobuyuki Onogi. He did the music for Galaga. He did, he did Mappy, Xevious, Bosconian. So these are like the legendary games of the 80s Absolutely. that we're talking about here. So this the pedigree off the charts on this bad boy. Uh, and so... Here comes here comes Super Pac-Man. So what is Super Pac-Man? Well, you're Pac-Man. You're you're chased by the ghost, and there are some similarities to the original Pac-Man in that you're in a maze, but there's a lot of differences. For starters, big chunks of this maze are walled off. You can't get to the stuff in them. There are no there are no power there are no dots in this. There are power pills. There are dots. In this, you're eating various uh, items like. Bananas, mostly fruits, uh, fruits, uh, bells, uh, the donuts. There's a bunch of different stuff, and to get into these walls, you have to eat the keys that open the doors. Now, some keys don't open anything. Some keys will open stuff that it's not necessarily necessarily the thing closest to the key. No. Even the two doors that go out the sides of the screen are locked. You yeah. got to unlock those. Once you eat these keys, it gives you the ability to go into these little the little closed off areas to eat the stuff that's in there. You have to eat all the stuff to clear the board. Now. You know, that's regular pack stuff, though. Where's the super pack come in? And by the way, you eat the power pellet, you eat the ghost. Same old crap, right? No, 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 no. So there are these big pulsating green super pills, right? Two per board. If you eat one of these suckers, bam, you're super pack man, all right? Now, in the arcade, uh, when you eat this, you've got a button, that, a speed up button, that, so you can go super fast, and you're a big, huge pack man who ignores all walls. Gets no, cold. no, no. All gates, all, all gates. locked. Yeah, walls. all the gates. That's what I mean. All the locked walls. He go. He can go right through the ghost. He doesn't care. He's super packed. And then when it runs out, you're back to being normal packed. 
if you eat a if you eat a power pellet white while you're super packed, then you're really set to go because you're going everywhere eating everything. It's awesome and it's fast. It made a lot of fun. Uh, um, and this was the game. And so occasionally there would be a like a, a special item that would appear in the middle of the screen. You know, sort of like the old cherries. Yep. And you would eat that. And, and well, it, it, that, it was a star, and it, and it would rotate. It was a match game. Yeah, it would rotate between these two items, but in these little windows beside it, and so you could get points if you matched them up. Yep, it's, it was good. It was a good addition. That was the game. Great game. Absolutely. This great game, game was, uh, let's say, it was received in a in a mixed way. You know, it was and, too different. Right. It was too different, and also too the same. Right, right. It was crazy. I loved it though. And oh, it was, it was my good. favorite. Yeah. So when I found out that they made this for for the uh, for the uh, uh, M5 here. I was like, man, I'm going to try this sucker out. And so I, I gave it a shot. Now, the funny thing about, and I don't know why they called it Power Pack, by the way, but they did. So let's talk about the sword version of, of, of Power Pack or Super Pack. First of all, finding anything on anything on the sword was almost impossible, yeah. wasn't it, Brent? It, it was, was a chore. super tough, but I managed to cull a little <laughs> bit out of this. So this was also released in 82. Okay, I was surprised. So this came out. Uh, right after Super Pac-Man did, so this came out pretty quick on the on the sword. The sword, it's funny for a little machine. It wasn't super popular. It got a lot of uh, arcade ports and support from like big companies. Yeah, which it is did. a surprise, including Brent's company, the company that did Brent's games, another big arcade company. So when this came out, now this, you know, Super Pac-Man didn't get a huge release across home computers, but it did get. Like for example, I never knew. I never knew there was a C sixty four version of this. Oh or, yeah. Or, this is a game I didn't think really got ported that much, but it actually got more ports than I would have anticipated. It, it absolutely did. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about the sword version of this and what makes it different. The sword version is very, very close to the arcade. Yeah. I have to say, I was I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, down to some of the more um, obscure, eccentric things that happen in the arcade. I'll, I'll give you the example in a minute. Basically, you again, you are Pac-Man, you run through the maze, you have to get the keys to unlock the chambers, power pills, hold on to your Now, it's easy to talk about the similarities. Pretty much, mostly the similarities are there. Uh, uh, and, I mean, most everything's there that you would expect. I mean, even graphically, it does a really yeah, good job. it does a good job. Now, what's, what uh, is slightly different, or different entirely? Well, uh, of course, this, is a, this game is a vertical game, and so you're playing this on a horizontal system, and it did the right thing here. By putting the old gap on the side, yeah. and then they, and that way you've Squished got all, it a yeah, that's bit. right. You've got all that room, uh, all that room for the for the game itself. So, what else is different? The music is not exact. It's sort of as the, the tunes are sort of similar. They're not identical, but they're pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I don't have any problem with the, with the tunage on it. They did a good job of sort of replicating the little Pac-Man, the little songs that play in the game, and like when you beat a level and whatnot, and when it, when the game opens. They're not perfect. They're pretty good. Um, one thing that I thought that struck me was strange is that when you play this game, like you don't you really use the button. The uh, uh, when you in the arcade, it's a button. When you become Super Pac-Man, you can go at the same speed, or you can hit the button and go with mega speed. Yeah. Right? In this game, you just sort of automatically go a little faster, and it's not as fast as the arcade. I mean, the arcade, you're, it's ludicrous speed. It's pretty fast, though. It's pretty fast, but it's not nearly as fast as the arcade. Because for one thing, I could control it. Yeah. In the arcade, you're just like, oh, God! Yeah. Ah. It's, yeah. Now, uh, so that's one difference. Now, I will say this, and I get this right. There's In the arcade, there's this quirky thing that happens occasionally where the ghosts will all stop 
and just sort of sit twitch. there and do this weird dance. Yeah, they twitch. And they do that in the game too. In yes. The, in the in the sword version. So yes. they did a they did a real good job. Uh, Attention to detail is the amazing. The ghosts aren't exactly like they are in the arcade, but they they're good and cl- complete with like uh, they've even got the eyes there. They're not just ghosts. They just you know because sometimes sometimes they'll cheap out on the, on yeah. this stuff. What's not here? Well, basically, the main thing that's not here are the intermissions. Yeah. Uh, I played this for a long time. I never saw any intermissions. So yeah. I, I'm going to go on the assumption that there are no intermissions in the game. And the intermissions in the arcade game, I will say, they do add a lot of flavor to it. They're real funny. And it gives you a nice little break in between every you know? three or f- two or three levels. So yeah. I don't know if... It, I'm sure it was uh, there were reasons that they didn't put those in, probably just for storage reasons. Because uh, as far as I can tell, this, uh, this came on... I think this came on cartridge... But I think it, I don't know if it came on cassette or not because it looked because the box more, sort of looks like a cassette box. Again, the, my the, your mileage will vary on trying to find this stuff. <laughs> I, had, I had I had a heck of a time uh, yeah. looking for it. But uh, hey, listen, if you're looking for a decent game pack, this is it. I should also mention that the uh, they also have the little star that comes out the the yeah. uh, bonus point star. You also it rotates uh, between the uh, uh, the different items to so see you can get that jackpot score. Yeah. Uh, it even has a little noise it makes when you when you get the when you get the item. So they got they nailed that pretty well. Um, I was thoroughly impressed. In fact, I looked at some of the comparison videos for this, and this is at the bare minimum amongst the best versions of this. Uh, they and it's surprising uh, there were a couple of these obscure systems this got ported to that and they were good. You know, uh, they were real good. I'd say the biggest. Uh, the biggest failure of this game is the, I don't know what they were thinking, but someone decided, listen, we've done a good job making Super Pac-Man here, a power pack. Let's have a title screen that came straight off the Dick Smith System 80. This thing is garbage. <laughs> and when I saw that title screen come up, I'm like, oh my God, yeah. this looks horrible. What am I going to play? And then the game starts, you're like, oh, okay. But, I mean, it's the, the worst. Yeah. Is it the dirt worst? Yeah, you know, when I fired this up, because I, I hadn't seen any videos on it or anything, yeah. I fired it up, I was like, crap, I got the wrong game. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <coughs> I was like, well, I'll just see what this is. I was like, wait a minute, this is this is great. Yeah. This is nearly arcade perfect though in play. Yeah. Uh, really, really good graphics, really, really good sound. Uh, it was a bummer. If there are cutscenes in it, I didn't see them, no, and I went through I don't think there several levels. Yeah, I, I'm good um, at this game, and I never saw a cutscene. But it plays great. It plays great. The 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 controls are very snappy. Yeah. Um, the the uh, little twitches of the ghosts. When I saw that they even included that kind of crap, yeah. I was like, someone's done their homework. Yeah. They didn't and want to release so, a crap or And someone game. really worked hard to get this as close to the arcade as possible. And they really, they flexed their muscle in this to a certain degree. Because, I mean, this is not necessarily the easiest game to just port. We've seen, you know, like I said, I looked over some of the ports that weren't the best. I mean, you wouldn't think something like the sword could pull it off. Well, it really did. And the, it, it this game has zero color clash. Yeah, it's, that's why I said it was, it was um, dead on. Of course, it does benefit from having a black background. Yep. So, you know... But the colors are all there. But, the maze yeah, is the right color. The, the, the ghosts are slightly smaller. But even yeah. when you turn into Super Pac-Man in the arcade, the ghosts kind of squish down to even make the effect more dramatic. It yeah. does that here. And when you when you do turn to Super Pac-Man, your mm-hmm. Pac-Man's not nearly as huge as he is in the it, arcade. Yeah, correct. Yeah. He's a little bit smaller. But, I mean, here's the problem. The game is great. 
The yeah. game is incredible. Yeah. The game is fun. It, it, yeah. The game itself is fun. It's fun on the sword. I want to hear the problem. I think I know what it is. Why would you ever play this on the sword and not on main? Oh, well, there was no main when this came out, though. I understand that, but oh, I'm talking about now. Well, that's not a problem. You know, no, that's no, no. Not it's fair. not a problem with the game. Yeah. It's not a problem with the game. It's just I can't... I can't say, yeah, go emulate a sword to, to M5 to play this game because there's still better ways to play well, it, and this didn't bring anything new to I the don't table. Really consider that, sorry. So, I, but in my personal recommendation, the sword M5, uh, we didn't go over this, and I thought everyone was going to, is not emulator friendly. Oh, well, it's okay if you have mess set up. It, yeah. it, it runs through mess and it runs through MAME. Uh, if you can, you know, put in the files that needs to do this. But for standalone emulators, it hasn't been updated in a decade, and you can't do it. I, I tried and tried and tried because I like using standalone emulators. Usually, they're a little bit better, uh, a little bit more precise than than what Main puts out or what Mess puts out when Mess was here. Um, but the scene for this is is non-existent. Yeah, it, it is. It is bizarre. So unless you are comfortable setting stuff up in MAME, uh, don't even try to emulate this. I will say, first of all, the boat, John Boat of Carshaller, in one of his hundreds and hundreds of weekly videos, he did a video on setting up mess, and it's great. He did it for the Coco, but it, where I actually used it to set mess up for the for the our, our uh, marathon. And if you and it's on our channel, uh, Amiga Retro Gaming. Just look up Mess, and you'll find it. And it both leads you by the hand through setting this thing up. And you can play Sword. And once you set it up, like I played Sword without any problem. Yeah, so it was no problem at all. Getting back to what you're saying, yeah, this is obviously not as good as the arcade. But uh, if we look, just look at the time it was released, and, and oh, what no. it was released on. This incredible. was a top shelf game. I will say, incredible. Here's my one reservation about this game: is that I don't see it playing well in that pad. That would be that might be well, real tough. Um, now, and I'm assuming yeah, you're probably I'm assuming right. that joystick setup's the reason because, like I said, it, I found it odd that the button didn't make you mega fast and just sort of did it by itself. And and I can see why because that pad doesn't necessarily lend itself to you wanting to move your hands over. Well, I played everything with a keyboard. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, as, as the the lords of computers desired. Um, what? That's right. Lords of Computer. Uh, but great, great version of this game. Yeah. Incredible to play. Incredible yeah. that it was so precise. Yeah. Uh, we did have one listener review. Our good buddy, the man, the myth, the legend, Graham W. Vevke. Uh, he writes, I was thinking at first, here we go, another Pac-Man clone, but how wrong I was. This 7 out of 10 game is greatly inspired by Super Pac-Man. Well, yeah. With those interesting twists, use your keys to open doors to gain access to yellow power pills and blocked parts of the maze. Instead of collecting dots, you collect fruit, bells, or boots. I forgot about the boots. You also have super power pills to make Pac-Man grow in the size and move faster. The controls are fine. The Pac-Man siren is ever-present. I found this game quite difficult, and I struggled to get past level 4 on most tries. Yeah, Having said that, I think it's better than, than the 7800 port of this game, which I've never played that. I have to say, I don't think I've ever played a 7800 port of this game. So Graham gets it high marks. By the way, catch Graham's latest article on everythingamiga.com along with Dreamcatcher's uh, weekly offerings. He just put something up that was really good. So, I think we both agree this was the game of the week. Now, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on 
to the main, the main event of the evening. Brent picked a game that when I saw what he picked, I literally shuddered. Brent, <laughs> would you like to announce what you chose? I went with Wonder Hole. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he okay. did do that. Now, Aaron, I want to ask you a few questions before we get started. Okay. First of all, do you real do you know why I picked this game? I, I've got no idea. I thought this would be a fun a fun way to segue and for Aaron to talk about the mystery hole. So, Aaron, why don't you give the the folks that you're, you're becoming vote. You realize that? That's a that's a kind of logic vote uses. Why don't you give the folks at home just a little taste of what our local mystery hole is? Well, the mystery hole is a wonder. There's no doubt. If you climb high into the hills outside of Charleston's in a place called Hawk's Nest, you're going to come across the ancient wonderment that is the mystery hole. You can't miss it. It's a large building that's got a car sticking out of it. There's animals all over. There's a Yeti, Bigfoots. There's all kinds of crazy stuff all over the place. And the and the uh, parking lot overlooks a lovely scenic vista as you overlook the yeah. uh, the Hawks Nest Valley, the, the, Canal, the Canal River Valley. Uh, when you go in there, they've got your gift shop, and you pay your money to go into the mystery hole. Now, legally, I can't tell you what's in the mystery hole. You can't take pictures in the mystery hole. I'm serious. You can't divulge anything about the mystery hole. So I can't go into it too much, but I will say it's a stunning, uh, uh, incredible event that only you can only find in the hills of West Virginia, except there's a ton of these things. But this is the one we've got. If this you, is our mystery. If hole. you know anything about uh, what what do they call these things? They were sort of like gravity rides. Let's say that, except it's not a ride. It's not a ride at all. Uh, then then that's what the mystery hole is. But the mystery hole is awesome. I've been there a dozen times. Is, we took Luke there when he was six months old. Now, is the mystery <laughs> hole still functioning? Or I, it's still the, functioning because yeah. I know it is ran by a guy. And he who gives like the the mystery hole tour. Yeah, and, and I I was under I the impression that he had passed away. Was well, that not true? It's still up and running. I think they've changed ownership a few times. I wish I'd brought some of my mystery hole paraphernalia because I've got a tons of bumper stickers and uh, and whatnot from the mystery hole. I've been out there, like I said, a lot. Uh, it's it's fun. If you actually get to West Virginia any time in your lives, uh, going up to the, the, the mystery hole should be on your list. <laughs> First of all, what happened? Yeah. Well, there's a place up there called Hawk's Nest. It's beautiful up there, isn't it, Brent? Yeah. It, the road is the tr most treacherous road yeah. of all time. You're up in the hill on sheer cliffs, and you're and it curves every two seconds because it follows the contour of yeah. the valley. If you if you get car sick, I had a blowout you're done. up there, and it was not good. Yeah. I had a lot of fun getting another tire from the car on the side of the road. So <clears throat> that's the mystery hole. This is the wonder hole. Uh huh. And when I got into this, I was like, oh, we'll talk about the mystery hole. It'll be a good little time. Uh huh. And then I started doing the history of wonder hole. Okay. And I fell into a wonder hole myself. Oh, man. Holy cow. This game has a backstory. All right. This was uh, developed by IREM. I R E M. Yeah. Done a ton of arcade games. Probably. Uh, Moon Patrol being their most popular. Yeah. So it, it, they did arcade games. Well, was Wonder Hole an arcade game? Yes. Yeah, I did read that. However, it is an arcade game that is 100% lost to time. Really? It is not emulated. It is not owned. No one... They know that the machine was released. They have 
at least a arcade uh, article written about it. Yeah. But it is on the top 25 most requested unemulated games on main. So the ROMs don't exist? They do not exist. You cannot play this on main. Wow. Okay? I can't imagine someone not <clears throat> saving Wonder Hole. Now, on top of that, uh, there is no Clove article, killer list of video games, yeah. and you know those guys have everything. They have a lot, yeah. And anytime that this is referenced in uh, lieu of the arcade, they're actually talking about the only port which is the Sword M5 version. Oh, look at you. So this is quite one. literally the only way to play <laughs> this arcade game that is completely lost. <clears throat> Here's the other thing. Everyone says that this was released in 1983. It wasn't. And I have proof of that because in a home computer from Sword of Japan upcoming software sheet, for 1984, yeah. it is listed as being released in January. <clears throat> so it was not released in 83. It was actually released in 84, according to ever, to this article that I found. Detective Brent. Now, nice. on, on top of that, uh, what is the actual game? Is it worth seeking out? Uh, not really, but let's get into it. You play on a 10 by 10 grid filled with dots and the the dots are purely background you're actually just traveling on top of them you are a dune buggy and you are tasked with running over aliens things it's really not clear um, and depending on where you run over them on the board is how much you score yeah so if you run them in blue it's you know one set of points yellow which there's only like uh, 10 yellow dots on the whole board. So like Scrabble. Or... Double, double word score <laughs> if you run over a guy in the yellow. And then there's four pink dots in the middle, and that's where you get your most points. So that's kind of weird in itself. There are two types of enemies, black enemies and red enemies. Black enemies literally just roam around, and you run over you them. They them. have zero defenses. <laughs> the red aliens will shoot, and they will shoot instantly when they see you. It is ridiculously difficult to get these guys not looking until you find out kind of the secret of the whole game. So you're trying to lure these things into the middle and, and smack them on the higher dots. The other thing you can do is before they become red creatures, they become red eggs, and you can run over them then safely yeah. and get points that way. So uh, the whole game is just about running over these aliens and trying not to get shot by them. I guess the, the red aliens are like the mother aliens and they're trying to protect their young. So you're really br That's a sort of brutal. Depressing. Yeah, you're a brutal killer. Why is this game called Wonder Hole? Well, at random intervals, depending on where you've been driving, the board will just open up into a big crevasse. And if you drive into it or you're on oh, it wow. when it opens up, you just fall into the hole and die. Another way to die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how is this different from the arcade? There's only one difference that I could find. Of course, I couldn't play the original arcade game. Yeah. But in the one article I did find that mentioned the arcade game, it is played on a 14 by 14 grid, whereas this is on a 10 by 10 grid. Um, you are, oh, something else to mention in this game that's kind of important. You are not continuously in motion. 
you are only in motion when you press left, right, up, or down. The other thing that is vitally important that I did not find out until last night uh, when playing this game is the button is a speed boost. And the button to activate your speed boost is the shift key. So if you don't have that information, I didn't have you're it. screwed. I was screwed. The game is almost unplayable. That explains a lot, yeah. Uh, if I had to say what this was close to, uh, there's a game called Solar Fox. Yeah, I'll play it's that. It's sort of like Solar Fox. That's a stretch, but I can, uh, I can see where you're going. Uh, you're right, this isn't something you can easily put together with something yeah. else. I'll give you that. Uh, instructions on the are on the back of the game. It's one of those. Uh, this was number nine in some kind of collection. I don't know number how the nine. sword... Yeah, exactly. Number nine. I don't know how uh, the, you know, the number nine gets to where it is number nine. Buck Owens, thank you for the description. Uh, but it is an amazing high score game because it really makes you push the envelope to try to lure the monsters into the higher scoring dots. <laughs> Every screen, every, after every screen, you crush all the aliens, you get a bonus screen where you're just in a black void and you have to try to run over things, as, the defenseless aliens, as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, for the longest time, I thought the highest you could get on that score, <laughs> on that screen, was 1,400 points. Yeah. But you can actually get 3,600 points if you get crush everything. And they just kind of roam out, so you have to be really fast. Aaron... What did you think you, of you the Wonder Hall? You played this quite a bit, didn't I you? I did. Because yes. I looked at your score yeah. that you posted, and I'm not talking about what I scored. Because, I mean, <laughs> your score was it was ludicrous. Did you ever get off the first screen? No. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Well, number one, I didn't know about the speed-up tip. Yes. But this game, I had no idea what was happening. Yeah. And I had no way to find out how to play. No. I had no clue Lost. what I was doing. Lost the time. I tried, like, gangbusters to figure this sucker out. And I will say... Uh, uh, that this seems to be a little more entertaining with what you said. Uh, you have actually given this thing some sort of semblance of making me kind of want to give it another shot. Yeah. Because I couldn't get nothing to happen, and I couldn't, I mean, having a speed up would have helped a lot. Clearly, this is not a game that gets played a lot, too. Just finding footage of it was difficult. Yeah. So, it was. this one of those games, and finding anything about it was tough. It's, so, just what you have right now... What do you think? I mean, from your current experience, I hated it. <laughs> I hated the game. I, I thought it sucked. I, I didn't like it. It was confusing. It was really hard. I mean, I thought it was really hard, didn't you? Yeah, it, it, yeah. I will say, I, of course, I didn't know about the bonus screens. That's one thing I forgot to mention. One of the other differences in my game was it had, they didn't have the bonus screens yeah, in it. that's true. So this does have something that's, that Power Pack doesn't have, which is the bonus screen. I like the idea. You know, eventually I realized that the, what the eggs were and what you could hit, what you couldn't hit. But man, the the red the red guys are relentless. They are, and they are the crack shots. You get crushed every yes. time you get near them. They lead you. Plus, if you, uh, it, they will turn into your path and shoot less than. I mean, they shoot the same frame that they turn. So you can never hit them from the front. It's undoable. Yeah. You always will die. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult game. The con it's an abstract game. Yeah, the concepts for the game are uh, hard to grasp. Now, uh, would a bigger board help the arcade version? Prop it depends on how many enemies they added. If they had no enemies, yes, that would help. 
the fact that some of the board just disappears, I never understood exactly why. And you don't clearly, you don't know no, it's, it's random. So and I did, I tried to find instructions on this. There are no instructions. There's well, no one to help. There's no nothing. Well, I had nothing. I'll tell you how I found the instructions. And now I dug deep into the into the tell. wonder hole. I can tell. I, I wouldn't have put it like that. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. On a on a Japanese auction site, someone is selling this game for sixty eight hundred yen, which is about sixty one American dollars. All right. And they have a picture of the game of the cartridge because they're just selling the cartridge loan uh-huh. cart. On the back of the cartridge, it's one of those things where they have the instructions. Yeah. On the back of the cartridge. Now, of course, I can't read Japanese. What? But but I zoomed in and I, I pieced together what they were trying to say, and I finally figured out that shift was the button to make things you know go faster. And once I figured that out, the game became incredibly more enjoyable. Why do you think they did that? What do you mean? Made the button on shift. I, dude, why is spacebar the same size as the shift key? But I mean, you have a button. I, I don't. Oh no. Well, I played on the keyboard. Yeah. So I, I I didn't emulate a joystick. Yeah. I played on the keyboard and I pressed all the buttons. Just you know. I guess you have to have two buttons. Now think about it. Yeah. Well, this it, you have your four directional keys and yeah. the direction keys before you do anything to them are E for up, S D for left and right, and then X for down. Which I know that you that's a thing <laughs> for older games. Yeah. I hate it, but it's a thing. It is. So it makes you want to play it with two hands. Yeah. Okay? So you don't even think about hitting the shift key. I remapped those keys to arrow keys. Yeah. And I still was hunting and pecking because I knew that the system had a button and I just couldn't get it to work right. Yeah. And eventually when I found the cart that had the Japanese auction site, had the instructions, looked it up, enjoyed the game so much more. I will have to say... It was so frustrating to play this game without the speed up function. Did you do you recommend this game? I absolutely recommend this game for two reasons. All right. One, I think it's an okay game. It's not going to win any awards, uh, but the the music on this game is phenomenal. It's worth looking up just so you can hear the music. Yeah, the music is good. Absolutely great. It's, it's amazing. This this little we like I said we've played a bunch of games <laughs> for it now. It's got good tunes, man. Yes, it cranks out good tunes. You, if you do nothing else, if you can find a video of just the music playing and you don't want to play the game, look it up. The music is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, number two, this is one of those games that, first of all, who's ever heard of the Sword M Five? And you outside of Japan, nobody. So when you have a game that is lost to time, yeah, emulated on one system that is basically, you know, forgotten by time, I think you owe it to yourself to play the game, knowing that you're playing a game that, you know, less than one percent of one percent of one percent of the world has played. Oh, well, that you know, you've talked me into it. Now I feel privileged to have played this crappy game. Yes, exactly. And I liked I, it. I, I, I think it was. <laughs> I didn't a, like it. I think it was fun. Uh, I think it is abstract. <laughs> I don't know why you play as a dune buggy, but uh, I wasn't sure that's what that was. It was 100 percent because that's what the box art is. Oh, there you go. So well, let's you know we, we did get a review from our good buddy Graham. Let's see what Graham had to think about this one. By the way, you're not going to sing any sort of Oasis thing. You're my wonder. Oh, that's what Boat would do. No. Nothing? All right, I'll just read Graham's review. Good choice. So, 
Uh, Iram learned lessons from this 2 out of 10 game. Oh. You drive a car over a dotted course trying to run over the black cross enemies and avoiding orange shooting enemies that appear to hatch from something. <laughs> Graham's grasp of this game was very similar to mine. These orange enemies also seem to have the ability to create holes in the course. None of this makes any sense. There is color crash, clash with sprites moving over the gaps. There is some. And the original yeah. arcade game was monochrome, adding to this joy. The annoying music and just boring gameplay makes you want to not play this game ever again. No. A ringing endorsement from Graham W. Graham Becky. and I are usually on the same page, but I, I am super, I super disagree on this he one. He killed your game this That's week. That's okay. You I, know. I, I endorse his killing of that you know, game. I, that here's funny. the thing. Here's the awesome thing about ARG. Yeah. If you don't like a game... That's super awesome because we're never going to play it again, and we're going to move right on down the line. Yeah, you're right there. So Before we bid And it, it's cool to have different opinions. That's I'm true. okay with that. I don't. Everyone should agree with me. So, before we move on from the Sword M5, I, I, I actually enjoyed the old M5. I, I, I got kind of a kick yeah. out of it. It was, a, it was an interesting It's an interesting. Uh, I loved system. learning what I learned. Um, I looked these up on the eBay, and there are some Sword M5s available if you've got the scratch, if you got the big money. Yeah. Now, no way Roy bought one of these recently, but I saw a couple for sale from ranging from the $700 range going up into the $1300 zone. Wow. This is a boxed gimmick. This was no this was a full the full deal. So if you're if you're interested in getting on board the sword uh, and you know, in Japan on their eBay, you can get some of this stuff on American eBay. I didn't see Jack Squat for the sword. Oh yeah, of course. There's a couple not. computers by some crazy people like us that that were too stupid to say no. So Speaking of too stupid to say no, you have to be an idiot to randomly pick a system every week. But by God, let's do it again. Get the wheel, son. Let's do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy moly. Turn that music no, down. No, no. That's the way you, everyone wants to hear the music. <laughs> Listen. It's a great, great this, song from a great show. Aaron? Yeah. Do you remember what we added to the wheel this week? We added the Atari ST. Now, that's for the retro rewind spot. We added another wacky system. Where did he, I don't know where he gets this stuff. It's the... What is this thing? The Watana Supervision. It's the Watana Supervision. Is that what we have? Or Watara. It's Watara, my bad. Watara Supervision. That's what you added, man. By the way, look how uncolorful these are compared to boats. You suck. <laughs> Float again. Okay, spin a sucker. You know, when you spin it, it all looks beautiful. Who knows what we're getting? Uh-oh. And the winner is... Uh-oh. The Tandy, Tandy 100. The Tandy Model 100. Wow. Brent, what do you know about that? It's old. <laughs> there you go. So we're going to get Randy and Dandy with some Tandy. <laughs> what? Come on. You put it on there, pal. You oh, can't. You have to suck it up. I'm going back to the Wonder Hole. No, no. <laughs> Listen, from, where, from whence you came. <laughs> we would like to uh, thank everybody that joined us live today in chat we've actually had a show that didn't fall off a cliff but that, that, uh, well that, i mean that. well from, from a bandwidth <laughs> perspective you know we've got a, a bunch of people in here boy i'd love to be able to go back through oh i guess i can we got the dunk who's also responsible for our cool 3d maze like tron graphics this guy keeps pumping out the gold yes. solid gold we got picard make it so make your show suck less you're killing me that show last night was killing me picard we got l curtis Boy, this guy's the master of the all games code code. I bet he knows something about the about the the one hundred. I'm gonna ask him. 
We got Bark Bit responsible for our super groovy outro music. Yes, we need to we need to stop, find a way to let that thing run longer. We got I love that song. Rushi, he managed to kick out this morning. He's up. We got the legendary guitarist from Hee Haw, Buck Owens, who set us up with a nice Twitch Prime subscription. Thank you very much, sir. We got Paul Kitching in here. Holy smokes. We got Amiga Bang. We got a lot of good folks. Did I miss anybody here, Brent? Help me out. I, I Chat, chat is an ever scrolling it thing. Off, it scrolled off into the distance, but you're all you're all fine folks, man. We appreciate. it. Come on, Paul's telling me Picard's good. You oh, kidding me? Go, get, go. get that out of here. Get, go. So, uh, Brent, tell the good folks uh, the give them the big scoop. Where do they get this show? What are they doing? What's a, what's a good word? All right, there's a few ways to watch us if you so incline. You can get us on Twitch. At uh, the, 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 the channel. Well, I gave you the big chance and you blew it. <laughs> Amigos Retro Gaming. <coughs> you, can get us, you can get us on YouTube. You can hook us up with, a, with podcasting. Uh, Anchor FM. You can get our uh, ARG Presents only channel or you can uh, subscribe to the entire AR, uh, Amigos Network. Which includes the family like, of shows, like eighty shows now. I don't know what's going on. Even Gorilla Podcast, they just pop up. <laughs> We've got a new Atari show. I didn't know we were doing it. Uh, it's up next week. Yes, Aaron. Yes, sir. I'll be introducing the first of the ARG merchandise. Oh, I've heard that before. No, it's happening. Are you kidding me? No, at next week. I'm hoping to have a live specimen, uh, but I don't know I'll if it's going to get selling here. Livestock or something. <laughs> We are. ARG Roosters. <laughs> We're just painting your your ugly mug on the side of a goat. <clears throat> I like it. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, what else, else we got? That's it. That's it. Now we're just killing time. <laughs> Join us next week for some bizarre Tandy. What was it? The Tandy 100? Tandy Model 100. It's going to be another weird one, folks. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, everybody. How are we going to emulate this thing? I will figure it out. Until next time. <laughs> Arrivederci. <laughs>